I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney, as always, and next to me is Matt. Hello. Um, We are fresh off of our worst episode ever. Yes. That no one else seemed to mind. So, so uh, we're here to see if we can do even worse this week. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that, <laughs> to be honest. So, thanks for tuning in. Whatever you're doing, driving, working out, walking. Cooking. Cooking, shopping. Playing video games. Yes, any of that good stuff. Today, Today's topic I think you will find very interesting. Time for another fact or fiction. Yeah, I love these. So we have a big long list of topics to go through in our fact or fiction segment because there are so many topics out there within the health and fitness area that people just don't know whether it's true or not, don't know whether to believe it or not. So that is what this segment that we do is all about, is just trying to break down some of that noise and give you just plain and simple information to a lot of these things and today's is all on meal replacements and do they work that's a nice way of putting it we're here to sort out uh the truth from the bullshit given that the weight loss industry is largely comprised of i would i personally would put it at 99 percent horseshit yeah yeah so we're here to well in our minds we're here to clear that up or potentially we're here to make it worse. No, no, we're definitely here to clear it up. So I think that you'll enjoy this one. As I just mentioned, it is on do meal replacements work, which is a area that has been grey for many, many years. And isn't, am I right in saying, Matt, that it's probably not the highest regulated area? Well, I just want to say just quickly, uh, Courtney said before that you'll enjoy this episode. Uh, if you don't, please direct your grievances to Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com. <laughs> uh, she made that guarantee, not myself, so that's that's on you there, champ. <laughs> okay, uh, meal replacements. Well, as we've touched on in the past, in particular with our supplements episode, uh, episode I can't remember the number, but it's at theweightlosspodcast.com. Supplements, it's an unregulated market. Yeah. So anyone can do anything, and that's precisely what happens. And that's what's been happening. Now, it's not all bad news because, well, Courtney and I take supplements. Yes. And we recommend supplements to our clients because there is a role for uh, research-proven supplements. However, the whole point there is that anyone can sell pretty much anything and make any claim that they want to. And in, in this particular discussion with the, the next episode of the Fact or Fiction series, it is, we're going to answer the question of do meal replacements work? So meal replacements, sorry, sorry there, champ, I'll, uh, I'll interrupt you before you interrupt me. <laughs> you know, we're, we're rookies at this, so yeah. we, haven't, we haven't got good at this yet. <laughs> meal, meal replacements do count as supplements. 
Yes. When it comes down to it. Um, so I suppose the first question we need to, to answer is what is a meal replacement? Well, I think meal replacements, as you said, Matt, are basically supplements. So it's a, it's a powdered drink. So it comes in the form of a powder and you add it to water or some people add it with milk and it becomes, in this case, in what we're talking about for this, it becomes a meal. So what uh, these companies say is that you take this powdered stuff, concoction, and you add it to water or you add it to milk, you blend it up and that is your meal. And with the end goal is to... Limit your food intake, uh, limit your calorie intake, so you will lose weight fast. That is pretty much why these meal, where these meal replacements turn from being considered supplements to being considered meal replacements, it's all in the way that they get you to use the supplement. Yeah, basically. Matt? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> So that is the nice answer. Uh, in my mind, uh, they are powdered dog shit designed to take your money. <laughs> right. Okay. So that is that is the Matt answer. That's the part that I'm I missed out on, obviously. But the 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 Courtney answer or the Courtney definition is the correct one. They are. Well, the thing is, in in our mind, they are supplements. They mm. are marketed. They, they're called meal replacements for a reason. They're marketed to replace whole foods. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you, you have been struggling with your weight now for 5, 10, 15 plus years. You have a lot of bad habits. You have very low confidence and you have quite a bit of work ahead of you to turn your life around. Not impossible, but can be done. However, come and buy our packet meal replacement and you'll lose it all in a month. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Fred. So the next point, I'll, well, we've sort of answered in our own ways what is a meal replacement. Mm-hmm. I just want to put out there that I want you to understand that first and foremost, the companies selling meal replacements don't give a fuck about your health. They don't give a fuck if you lose weight or not. Why would they? Who cares, mate? What are they in the business of? Now, this goes back to one of my favorite ever sayings, Courtney. Mm-hmm. The answer to all of your questions is... Money. Money. So if you happen to lose 20 kilos or gain 20 kilos, the, I'm sure lovely people making this powdered dog shit um, just don't give a fuck what your result is as long as you're you know, putting money in their back pocket. Mm. So the first thing you need to understand is they don't care about your success. So these health products aren't designed for you to succeed with. They're designed to take money from you. Yeah? Yes. So in my mind, now this is why Courtney and I do this podcast together because I quite often tend to shoot from the hip. (laughs) And that's where Courtney can come in with a bit of rational thought. To me, these products largely exist to prey on people uh, and their desperation. Yes. And also, in particular, prey on people who really want the easiest way out of their long-term problems. So I just illustrated before, hello, someone who's had these weight issues for many, many years, has a large list of bad habits, 
has a confidence issue and has all manner of the side effects that come with being unhappy and being overweight, here is this packet, this packeted miracle. Pay us $20 a packet and we'll help you lose all the weight in a couple of months, tops. Hmm. Now, I can understand the appeal of that because you know we're all human. Who wouldn't want the easiest way to the solution? Yeah, correct. I mean, I, I would. Everyone I'm does. I mean, it's human nature, really, to want to get something and have it now. I mean, it's not... It, we're not really conditioned naturally as humans often to be the sort of... Have the sort of personality that's... I really, really, really want this, but it's okay. I don't mind waiting till next year for it. Like that just isn't like really the first thing that we think about. So it's our human nature to want something and want it now. And of course... Mm. It's not really also, I think, in our nature to want to go through pain. That's not something that we want to happen. So by doing something in the easiest manner possible allows us to take out that pain area. So whether that pain be physical or mental, having to go through and having to break habits that have been there for a long time to go through the reasons why you've got those habits to go through the reasons why you maybe overeat or you eat more of a certain type of food or you know these emotional, emo- these emotional type things that we don't really want to often have to deal with so there's a mental pain often that comes with that sort of Uh, thinking there's you know there's emotional pain that comes with certain sacrifices and then you've also got the physical pain of having to go and work your ass off you know literally um to help with the journey of of getting the body shape that you want so these aren't sort of things that we naturally go yes i really want to do that um some people do most people don't so I, I do I do understand also what you said, Matt. I do understand how it is very, very appealing for a lot of these meal replacements. They have really, really good PR teams. They, you know, you're developing, if you're a, a developer of supplements and you say, all right, we're going to do a range of meal re- replacement products, the money is not being put into the product. The money is being put into the advertising. Mm. The, they will spend three times more money on advertising than they would on the actual product. I'd say I'd say more than that, because it has to appeal to well, it has to really when you think about it, it has to appeal to our biggest pain points, yeah, and also our biggest fees. So you know, it's easy to find, for example, any meal replacement packet at your local supermarket that will say low carb, because you know. Carbs are bad for you, Courtney. There are a lot of key uh, Which, keywords. by the way, is a future fact or fiction episode. Yeah. The other one that you'll see a lot on these podcasts are these, these, these podcasts. podcasts. Okay. A, lot of, a lot on these different supplements and meal replacements is that they love to say lean muscle. Um, it's like they love to say lean muscle. As opposed to bulky, bulky blocky muscle. muscle. Yes. Yeah. So it's never just builds wank. muscle um, or helps build muscle or helps with muscle recovery or anything like that. It, they always say lean muscle. Yeah, because as we know, as we know, we only want to build the lean muscle. Am I right? Always. So my point is that I was making was that these companies, you're right, Matt. They do prey on people's, they 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 prey on people's um, fear fear of 
just a complete, often people just lack any hope that anything's going to change and they're just looking for something and this is what they target the advertising at. As, as you said, Matt, they're targeting these keywords, they're the packaging, the advertising uh, on in magazines, on radio, on TV, they're getting celebrity endorsements for this sort of stuff. They're getting all people over social media. People who are in very good shape. Very good shape. Endorsing, endorsing these meal replacement products, except anyone with a fucking brain can look at these people doing the endorsements and go, you didn't do this to look like that. No. And a lot of, I mean, I, I, we've, we've actually known people that are in very good shape and they take a lot of these meal replacement products as actual supplements. So they're not taking it as a meal replacement. So they might not be lying um, by saying they take it, but they're not taking it the way it's prescribed as, to be taken. As advertised. Because in the end, you know, this is what it is. This, we, want to, we do need to make sure that we're clear that this discussion isn't so much about supplements. It's about meal replacements and what that actually is defined as. As Correct. in replacing, replacing whole foods. So you, Courtney, you need to take your chicken breast fillet with some nice herbs and spices on there and your nice um, bowl of a mixture of vegetables, salads, etc. And you should replace it with this powdery substance that allegedly does the exact same thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Well, let's, let's touch on that a little bit more. So when we're talking, Matt, about meal replacement products. Right. Meal replacement shakes. When we're talking about these meal replacement shakes, what are the, what do we find in them? Because I think a lot of people, when we're talking about fact or fiction, we obviously do this segment uh, on our on our podcast. We've done it a couple of times, I think. Now, the main purpose of this is is because these are the sort of topics that people get really confused over. They say, okay, I understand that it's probably not a good thing to expect to replace food with liquid, but why? What then makes What's in these liquids that make them not so bad for you or that make them really bad for you or are they as bad uh, for you as, you know, what people say they are or are they not, not that bad for you to take? It's just the fact that it won't fill you up. Well, that, you just asked me 50 questions. Sorry. <laughs> Do I answer them all at once? No. <laughs> no I'll, I'll, I'll take this one from here. So one thing I always look at when it comes to any packaged product, be it, some sort of food, in this case, meal replacements, where a lot of people will get hung up looking at things like, oh, how many calories are in this? How many carbs are in this? I go straight to the ingredients list because often the ingredients list can give away whether I want to even go anywhere near this or not. Mm. So me personally, when the discussion comes up of things like supplements and meal replacements... The ingredients list tells me a lot. So I have gone to the trouble of looking up uh, a popular meal replacement uh, shake that we will not name because we don't want your lawsuits. No. But I've gone to the ingredients list uh, online and the ingredients list is as long as my arm. So what I think, I think what's worth looking at here let me read out, Courtney, this ingredients list. Mm-hmm. So this is like a common, well-known, mainstream meal replacement product that is high, allegedly, 
This is on the front cover. High in protein, low in carbohydrate, 25 vitamins and minerals. Let me read out this ingredients list. And then I think, Courtney, we should give an ingredients list of what a Matt and Courtney meal replacement shake might look like. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Okay. So, popular meal replacement ingredients list. All right. Now, just so you understand, um, what, there is an art to reading nutritional labels. Uh, when you read an ingredients list of any product, they are written in terms of the order of what is in there the most. Mm-hmm. So... The first thing you read out is is what is in the most of this substance is in the product. And the last thing you read out is what is the least of this substance in the product. Does that make sense? It does. And I was actually happy that you pointed that out because I didn't know that until I met you, Matt. And it has changed the way that I look at all foods now. So when you go to the supermarket and you're looking at say a, a packet sauce or something like that to go on your chicken and the second ingredient is sugar it's probably not the best one to buy. So yeah, it, it makes looking at sort of nutritional labels and things like that um, a lot easier. But anyway, go on. Okay, ingredients. Skim milk powder, whey protein concentrate, calcium caseinate, sunflower oil, glucose syrup solids, soy protein isolate, cocoa, flavors. Just says flavors. Just says flavors. What the fuck does that mean? Dietary fiber, brackets, Fibersol 2, trademark. Fructose, inulin, minerals, brackets, dairy calcium, magnesium oxide, ferric pyrophosphate, zinc sulfate. I should get you to read this, Courtney. Oh, yeah, right. Manganese sulfate, copper sulfate, potassium iodide, sodium molybdate, chromium chloride, Sodium selenite, brackets. Thickener, brackets, 412. Vitamins, bracket. A, B1, B2, B6, B12, C, D, E, K. Folate, niacin. Pantothenic acid, biotin, bracket. Natural sweetener, bracket 960. Lecithin, bracket 322. Emulsifier, bracket, 472C. Maize starch. That's the ingredients list. However, we have allergy advice. Contains ingredients made from milk and soy product. May contain traces of egg and or nuts and wheat from flavors. Suitable for vegetarians? You you said it. There's no question mark. You just said it in a way. <laughs> I'm adding the question mark because you know there are multiple different types of um, vegetarian eating out there. So suitable for vegetarians. What if they don't have eggs? That's vegan. Or milk. There's all these different types of vegetarians out there. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that that's just me being a bit skeptical. If I'm not skeptical enough as it is. So pretty much there, we have an ingredients list as long as my arm. And anyone that's met me, I've got very long arms. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. Me personally, uh, I'm a certified sports nutrition specialist. Uh, I've been doing this for a long, long time. Probably about 30% of what I just read out to you, I wouldn't know what the fuck that is. No. I'd need, I'd need to Google it myself and I'd pick it up pretty quickly. But that immediately 
Apart from the fact this list is as long as my arm, mm. that's a warning sign to begin with. Yes. The second thing that's a warning sign to me is I don't know everything that's in here. I don't know what's in here. So I'm putting, I'm putting my trust in a product and people who make a product who don't give a fuck if I lose weight or not. So yeah. I'm hoping that what, what I've just read out, I'm hoping this gobbledygook makes sense. Now, me personally, I'm qualified. I do it for a living. I can go and look all this up and it makes sense pretty quickly, but I'm not the average person. No. And the average then- person will look at this, their eyes will glaze over like a donut. And they go like, oh, uh, I'll just have it. And then you've got the recommended dosage, or the, not dosage, but the recommended, the ideal recommended day. We'll get, no, no, no. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. We'll get to that. Oh, well, that's a whole nother topic, you're saying. That's a whole nother soapbox. <laughs> right. We're waiting for that one. All yeah, right. Yeah, that's coming. So All right. That's a, 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 for me personally, any packaged product where my goal is weight loss and improved health, improve function, etc. I've seen ingredients list like this, I'm terrified. Because the average person would look at this and go, I don't know what 99% of this is. I know it like skim milk powder. I know what skim milk is. It's in the milk section. You know what I mean? Mm. Now, Courtney, mm. can you please read out the ingredients list for a typical Courtney meal replacement slash Smoothie. Let's compare the ingredients list of what I just read out to what you would have. If I was going to make a smoothie for myself? Yes. Which you do at night time before you go to bed. Yeah, it's like my dessert. So after dinner, I would have... Well, not straight after dinner, but a little bit after dinner, I would have a smoothie. Um, So I would have about a cup of frozen blueberries. I'm into my blueberries at the moment, but you could have any frozen fruit. Just tell us what you have. All right. Cup of frozen blueberries, um, about... Four cubes of ice. Okay, water. (laughs) I haven't added the water yet. Cube ice. I have a scoop of whey protein in chocolate flavor. And I have water and a teaspoon of flax meal. Okay. One more time, please. Blueberries, ice, uh, whey protein powder... Flax meal and water. Cool. There's three... Okay, I, I am not going to count ice or water as an ingredient. Okay. There are three ingredients in that list. Yeah, berries, flax meal and protein powder. That hit all the marks we're looking for, for putting quality nutrients into the body. Proteins, carbs, um, omega-3 fats. Basically three ingredients. Mm-hmm. How many ingredients did I just read out? On this uh, packaged product? Too many for me to count as you were going. Because once you add in all those different vitamins and all the brackets and non-brackets, too many to count. Without going back through this, it's between, just looking at it, it's between 30 and 40 Mm. versus three. Mm. Now, just for a bit of anecdotal reference here, Courtney and I, um, we've lost 105 kilos between us, which is a pretty decent effort. Many, many, many close sizes, around 11 close sizes. Question for you there, wife. Mm-hmm. Just out of interest, through your entire journey so far, how many meal replacement shakes have you had, like these packet ones? None. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. So 
what you're saying is then, like, I'm not leading the witness here, but are you saying that your three-ingredient smoothie has hit the mark? Yes. Versus this 30 to 40-ingredient thing? Yes. Okay. All right. So to me, just that's just a nice little comparison there, but that to me is a warning sign. That many ingredients versus what I can put in myself. Now, the other thing that stands out to me, Courtney, the ingredients list you just read out for your own, your own smoothie, for example, quote unquote meal replacement, you're in control of those, aren't you? Yes. These meal replacement packets, we're not in control of the, of the ingredients, which me personally scares me. Yes. Because I like to be in as much control of things when it comes to my own health, fitness, weight loss, etc., as is possible. Yeah. So what Courtney just um, does with her ingredients list is um, that can be that can be adjusted any way she wishes, as she touched on. So those blueberries could be mixed berries, they could be strawberries, could be different types of frozen fruits, apples, oranges, pineapple. Kiwi fruit. Mango. Oh, you mango. do a tropical one. I've seen yep. people do like a cherry one. Uh, cherry and, and chocolate and coconut make it a bit of a um, cherry ripe style. Yeah, with some chocolate protein. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's lots of different flavors and things like that you can do. The other thing that always scares me with those... You can make a salted caramel one. Caramel flavored protein. Yeah. A bit of uh, rock salt through there. Yep. Mmm. Yep, there's, there's so many different variations you can do, but I think that the thing as well with those packeted ones that always scare me off, Matt, it's not only, like as you said, you don't, you don't know all those ingredients that are going into it. You also don't know how much of those ingredients are going into it. And, and where it says whey protein, you don't know what sort of protein they're using. You don't really know how high quality it is. And well, it's the, the, the safe bet. The safe bet is that it's garbage. It's not the good stuff that you could elect to buy yourself. No. So you buy, you know, you could buy what a packet of ten shakes. Let's just say for how much? Thirty bucks. I got no idea. Don't. I don't even know how much they cost. But anyway, let's just say for argument, you buy a packet of ten shakes for for thirty bucks. You got to have what two of those shakes a day. Oh, <laughs> as we're going to discover more than that. So let's just say you've got to have two of those shakes a day to replace, let's just say, breakfast and lunch. That's 14 shakes a week. That's then at least 40 to 60 bucks a week if you're going for, you know, I don't even know how much they cost, but I'm just assuming they cost about that much money. You could buy a tub of really high quality protein powder for the same price. That will last longer. That will last longer than a week. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we actually didn't even cover that um, in our preparation for the show because I suppose that fits in with us being the worst podcast ever. We don't <laughs> actually do our preparation. But now that you mentioned that, from a financial perspective, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't actually work out to You're be You're paying more cheaper. money for a lesser product. It doesn't work out to be cheaper. And I think a lot of people make the mistake because, again, a lot of this hype around the advertising, they say, you know, oh, it only works out to be $1.50 per meal or, you know, $2 a meal or something like that. And that's, you know, heavily 
you know, well, I've now got underlined some, um... the fact that it's supposed to be a meal. Uh, and that's if you stop eating at that, which is a whole, you know, we're going to get into that. But I've got some, um, I've got some facts here based on what you were just talking about there, Courtney. All right, hit us, hit so us up. The the popular mainstream meal replacement um, epic ingredients list I read out. That product will give you a. It's a ten pack, recommended retail price twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, Australian dollar redos. So 30 bucks. So, so 30 you, bucks. You nailed it, dear. You nailed it. Pack of 10 uh, for 30 bucks. But you'd need more than 10 for the week. Well, they say it's a five-day pack, which means two a day. Two a day, yeah. So that's only a five-day pack. Now, last I checked, a week is seven days. Yeah. Has that changed recently? No. Okay, cool. No, it's still seven days. Okay, still seven days. Unless so you're allowed to eat whatever you want on the weekends as part of this diet. Different episode altogether um, <laughs> in terms of weekends. Actually, we've done that. We've done that. We've done that. Anyway, one of these packets isn't going to last you the full week. So if you're going to stick with this... <clears throat> you, you got something stuck in your throat? <laughs> Good luck with that. If you're going to stick with this... You're going to need more than one pack a week, so yeah. The um, you're then gonna, so you're looking at about you might just say twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven dollars a week, where a very high quality uh, protein supplement is going to cost you more than you know twenty seven dollars a week, but it's going to last you longer and you're in more control of the ingredients will then give you a lot more out of it. Because I can, t- I will tell you that the whey protein isolate that Courtney and I take, 100 times out of 100 will be vastly better nutritionally than this epic list of, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yes. So from a, from a value perspective, yes. Especially given that a high quality protein supplement that you buy yourself also gets used to help with your pre and post workout yeah so there's other uses for it yeah other uses for it so from from a financial perspective i don't think it makes sense um which is a nice digression on our part but worthwhile doing Mm -hmm. then to me it comes down to a question of sustainability yes because it always comes down to a question of sustainability so, in my mind, when someone asks something like, well, do meal replacements work? Yes, I can talk about ingredients. I can talk about, talk about price. The big question to me is, okay, can you do it for the rest of your life? Because that is the ultimate definition of sustainability. Because if you can't, it's a diet. Straight away, it's a diet. And if you don't think you have to focus on this for the rest of your life, then you are also sadly mistaken. Mm, very much so. So, what I've done is, I've gone and looked up the uh, recommended plan, slash, you know, okay, recommended meal plan, which is immediately a red flag, since meal plans teach people nothing and doesn't actually solve the problem. But I've looked up the recommended plan for a extremely popular current 
meal replacement shake on the market here in Australia right now, which we won't name because, again, <coughs> lawsuits, you know, we're just a small podcast. We don't want to get sued. However, here's the deal. This particular meal replacement shake is aimed at males. It's designed for males. Now, if you are... Well, let me read this. Let me read this recommendation out and then I'll rant from there. I'll be ready. That awkward silence where Courtney's fallen asleep mid-episode. No, I, I'm sorry. I was reading it. So, yes, uh, we are ready. We're ready to go. All right. So, meal replacement shake meal plan. Breakfast. Meal replacement shake. Morning tea. Two snacks. Lunch. Meal replacement shake. Now, that means no solids. Afternoon tea. Snack. Dinner. Pie and salad or vegetables. Dessert. Paddle pop. What's a paddle pop? It's a ice cream. It's a flavoured ice cream. Now, I crunched the numbers. Now, Courtney and I, we're not ones for counting calories. However, we are advocates for being calorie aware. Right. This adds up, in terms of the recommendation, to being 1,400 calories a day for a male who's probably going to be active, which means possibly an active job, possibly, but you'd say more than likely an active lifestyle. So by active, I mean it could be as basic as running around looking after the kids, or it could be going to the gym and being a regular gym goer, which means the energy requirements go through the roof. Now look, in terms of calorie awareness, a 1,400 calorie a day approach isn't enough for my wife. No. For my wife who's, what are you, five foot six? Uh, bit In shoes? Under, bit under, yeah. Five foot five? Yeah. All right. So my wife, who's five foot five, would starve. And I do mean starve. On an approach like this, it's a 1,400 calorie a day diet where you are eating one, that's one, whole food meal a day. But this is aimed at men. Now, I'll ask you a question, Courtney, on your gut feeling. How do you think I would go on this plan? Terribly. Because last time we checked, I'm a large human. You are. And you need a lot of energy to function. Last time I, um, I did a bit of a check on my usual intake... Um, I'm hovering between um, four and a half to 5,000 calories a day. I don't count, but I'm aware. Mm. Yet this recommends that I would, would have a 1,400 a day approach. So I think in terms of being calorie aware versus counting calories, that's a whole nother podcast because that'll take too long to explain. But we will- And it's fucking boring. But we will do it in the future. The point, I make, the point I'm making here is, I'll get to the point now. For this to work, you need to look at this and go, I can do this every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. The, the Could thing, you, Courtney, do this? No, I couldn't. So the thing that I was going to say, Matt, was that's obviously, yes, being calorie aware set aside. For the average male or female, what are the ramifications of 
trying to exercise and having a day worth of food intake looking like that. Trying to do heavy weights or do a lot of cardio or just trying performance. trying Peak to performance, be, yeah? um, have the sort of exercise program that we would expect our clients to do eating day-to-day like that. Well, quite simply, if, so, if a client came to me and said, hey, I want to get a transformation. I want you to help me. This is what I currently eat. Can you please help me with an exercise program to start with? My recommendation would be, well, the first question is I would ask, how's your energy levels? Mm. For starters. So you would expect them, would you expect them to be diminished from that intake? Well, it depends on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It depends on what they're doing. Uh, put it this way. I wouldn't be prescribing to someone an intense training routine on that intake. Yeah. Because I'm going to be doing them a disservice. A major, major disservice because the key components when it comes to intense training is the ability to perform mm. and the ability to recover in time for the next session. As we know, intense exercise takes a toll on the body. That's just the way it works, which means the sleeping that we do, the food that we eat and what goes into our body dictates how fast we can back up for the next session and how prepared our bodies are to perform optimally at the next session. If a female client came to me with an approach like that, I'd be very cautious about giving them much of anything. Maybe, maybe two days a week in the gym, maybe. And then you'd assess how you feel. But one of the first goals that you'd have would be, well, let's start to gradually pick this up a bit. And that's a female client. This is recommended for a male. Yeah. For a male who's active, and males will chew through more energy than females by the way we're designed. Well, I wouldn't want any male that I work with in the gym pumping iron on that. No way. So we're also, when we talk about sustainability with these meal replacements, Replacing whole foods with just a single sort of shake. The, the, the sustainability really isn't just a long-term sustainability. Can you do this for the rest of your life? It's also a short-term sustainability where can you live an active lifestyle? Can you exercise? Can you do everything that you want to do? Limiting yourself to this sort of food intake. Well, me personally, there is a small part of me Because as you know, Courtney, I'm a fairly daring guy. There's a small part of me that wants to do this and document what actually happens. like an experiment. Like an experiment. We should do that one time. But there's a large part of me that knows what the end result's going to be. I'm going to hurt myself. Mm. My performance is going to drop. I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to be cranky. Why should I even bother? Yeah. So I, I, there is the short term thing. But it's also, when you talk about the question of do meal replacements work, here's the thing. A lot of people don't realize that your body and your metabolism improves through the processing of whole foods. Yeah. Our bodies were built and designed to take in and process whole foods. You burn energy eating whole foods. So it's all well and good to get caught up in, oh, how many calories did I burn during that Stairmaster session? That's nowhere near as important as how many you're burning when you're out of the gym. Yes. When you're making your body burn through energy by consuming 
and breaking down whole foods that are that are you know as we say calorie sparse and nutrient dense. I do think there is a question with these things with short term and long term sustainability. I personally think the only way this could be sustained is if someone was doing it and had no interest in being active. None. Yeah, well, that was the same sort of uh, thing that we spoke about in uh, episode last year, Matt, when we spoke to Ellie, who had uh, gastric bypass surgery. Yep. She said the same thing in terms of that. She said, it's all well and good to think about doing it if you never if you never intend to be active again in the rest of your life ever. <laughs> yeah. So you never want to go for more than a five-minute walk in your entire life. Fine, perfect, get it done. But if you want to live an active lifestyle, if you've got kids or if you've got an active job or you just genuinely want to be active and want to go to the gym and want to go for nice half-hour walks with your dog, you know, same thing with this. Not advisable. Yeah, any interest in, you know, being an active person, I don't think I don't think it works with this. No. I don't think it can work, especially if you're someone who wants to build up your level of activity or build up your level of performance, which let's be honest, this is the weight loss podcast, but a big part of weight loss when it comes to exercise is actually improving your performance. You know, things like getting stronger, mm. being able to perform your sessions with a greater level of intensity. Mm. I don't see how that can work. Like it wouldn't work for us. No. So that meal plan I just read out... Uh, I think an active child might struggle with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A child that's growing, that's, you know, runs around at school, usually has after-school activities as well. Sport on the weekend, let alone though an active adult. Mm. Okay? So let's now um, start to bring this home in terms of tips, advice that we can give. In my mind, I, I personally think even though I've just spent, well, we just spent a good half an hour basically ranting and raving about how crap these things are. From a trainer's perspective, I do think there is scope for meal replacements if you are someone who eats fuck all to begin with. And that's what we get our own clients to do sometimes. So here's the thing. Courtney and I just banged on about whole foods this, whole foods that. Yes, 100%. A critical component to weight loss and a fantastic transformation is your body's ability to chew through more whole foods. However, if you are someone who is just beginning and you don't eat much to begin with and you haven't got a massive appetite, you're not going to go from eating very, very little to chewing through four, five, six whole food meals a day no. without feeling like you're going to chuck it up because your body can't digest it. That's To me, that's not going to work. So the scope that I see for meal replacements is someone who doesn't eat much to begin with because it's it's something is going to beat nothing. Yes, but when you say that, Matt, I think the big thing to understand there is that you're not still not talking about the meal replacements that you buy from the shops or online or anything. You're talking about the ones that we make ourselves. Well, that's the next tip, which I'll let you take now, Courtney. Yeah, so, it's, so working on there from what Matt's just said... Yes, there is scope if you're someone who, say, eats one or two meals in a day and you're trying to increase your metabolism so it can work for you. And, and lose weight. You can change your body shape. Yep. Great. Perfect. You do have to increase your metabolism, uh, your, your appetite at the same time because 
as you said, Matt, you can't go from zero to a hundred in 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 one you know one day. So you've got to ramp that back up. So yes, they can come in handy, but you would you you do them the way that I mentioned earlier that you do them. You make them yourself. You can tailor the flavors to what you like. You experiment. You know that the ingredients you're putting in there. There's three of them. As Matt mentioned, there's three of them. There could be more. There could be more. But you might like to add a dash of milk. I personally don't like to add But you're milk in control. To my to my um, smoothies or, or liquid meals because I think that once you add protein powder to water, it's a creamy enough a taste for, for my flavour um, liking, but everybody's different. Personal preference. It's complete personal preference. So I've seen people that like to add shredded coconut or... You know, all these different things. They'll blend everything up and then they'll often um, add some fresh fruit on top sort of thing as a bit of a crunch. It's, it's really a personal preference and that, that, that's what the benefit is that you can tailor that to suit yourself. You know what's going into it and you know what's hitting all three of those main key food groups areas that we want to hit in order to make up a really good quality meal. So... Yes, if, if you are someone that struggles, say, to eat breakfast, you've never had breakfast for a really long time, you find it struggle to eat anything for breakfast, that is something that often we'll get our clients to have for breakfast for a short period of time in order to bring up their, their metabolism, in order to, to bring up their appetite. But also just to get nutrition into the body. So that, that, that in the future, they can switch to a solid whole food meal for breakfast. So it's not replacing those whole food meals often it is just there in the meantime until you can build yourself up to it and then those sort of liquid meals slash make your own meal replacements you know people like do what i do and maybe use it as a dessert at the end of the night some people use it as a i do as an afternoon snack so they might have it between lunch and dinner um so it is it is still used it just doesn't replace replace your whole food nah, meals. they they tend to get used to fill the gaps yeah. that people have. So Courtney mentioned before, um, in terms of you know getting getting it into people to help start to you know raise metabolism. As I just touched on before, it, it is also largely the scope is there to just get nutrition and nutrients into the body, because often when people are starting their journey, their bodies are depleted mm. of quality nutrients. So there is the scope for your own sort of homemade, quote-unquote, meal replacements to get the nutrition in there. But from a long-term perspective, every single fantastic transformation Courtney and I have been involved with, including our own, have come from having the scope long-term of gradually building up the body's ability to tolerate more whole food. The more it tolerates, the more energy it's burning, the faster your metabolism, the better you're going to look and the better you're going to feel. So with our own clients, this is a bit of, bit of inside baseball from our, our perspective as trainers, we absolutely encourage our clients, depending on where they start with, if we need to fill the gaps with some, um, some sort of liquid meal replacements, yes, but from a long-term perspective, we, we're looking to gradually replace them and, and upgrade, I guess you'd say. Because in the end, if we're talking about you know putting quality nutrients into our body, what's going to be a whole medley of 
fruits, vegetables, lean protein sources that the body has to work to break down and absorb. Mm. It's, just, it's just the way our bodies are meant to work. So do we have a conclusion? Well, I think with the conclusion, we just go back to the original question. Do, do meal replacements work? Fact or fiction? What do you say? Um, I think it's a pretty solid fiction. I would say it's fiction as fuck. Yeah, wow. We're very similar there. It's fiction as so, fuck. Absolutely fiction. The way that they are prescribed, the styles that of meal replacements that are out there, the ingredients in them, they're just not advised at all. Waste of money. Very, them yourself. Very, very simple. We wouldn't do it, right? So if we wouldn't do it, that means we wouldn't recommend our clients do it, yeah? Correct. So that, to me... To me, that's where the buck stops. Yep. I know with Courtney and I, like, we will never, ever recommend to you or to anyone else, oh, hey, you should do this while we would never even think of doing that. No. That's just complete, like, disingenuous bullshit. So we wouldn't do it and we wouldn't recommend you do it. But as I said before, there is some scope early on, but long term, it's not going to hold up. So fiction. Fiction. Well done, Courtney. We got there. We did get there. We have an email. Awesome. Email we, time. Email time. Uh, we can be reached at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. You can also reach us through social media. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram. Courtney, particularly on Instagram more than I am, but we can be found through those channels. We have an email here from Chris. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Hello, Matt and Courtney. Love the podcast. You guys are a proper inspiration and your honesty is very refreshing. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Chris. That implies we do good work. Uh, so whatever <laughs> we do, we'll keep it up. Uh, I have a topic suggestion and a question. Oh, yes. I love this. All right. I want to get the topic suggestion out of the way because uh, you don't know this is coming, Courtney, but when I read the suggestion out, you know I've been looking into this. Okay. Okay. Topic suggestion. How about looking at mental health? and how it affects weight loss, and how it is affected by weight loss. Personally, uh, I know that starting my Matt and Courtney-based journey has helped me loads with depression and anxiety. And I'm fairly confident my weight caused a lot of the issues in the first place. I know uh, Matt has struggled, and I bet there are loads of others. I couldn't agree anymore. Yes. Um, I am 1,000% behind it. Uh, I personally believe that mental health and physical health go hand in hand. Absolutely. Having gone through that myself in a very, very big way. Uh, I have been uh, doing research and I'm currently looking to bring uh, a psychologist onto the show to do an interview when it comes to things like uh, mental health, emotional eating uh, from a psychological point of view. Yes. Uh, and how, how weight loss and healthy lifestyles affect that. So, Chris, that is a kick-ass suggestion, um, one that we've been talking about, Courtney. For a long time, uh, we since we started to, the podcast, yeah, actually. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, we've been going to be doing this for a oh, bit too no, long now. We, we have been looking into it. We're just, you just got to find the right... We're just we're doing research and talking to people to find the hey. right person to bring on to interview because there's no point bringing someone on here if they're going to not fully have 
any ideas on this specific area of psychology. You listening to this episode, if you are a qualified psychologist and have an interest in weight loss, health and fitness, please reach out. Yes. We'd like to hear from you or... If you are listening to this show and you happen to know a fantastic psychologist who has an interest in uh, health, fitness, weight loss, active lifestyles, etc., please reach out to me, yes, uh, Matt at theweightlosspodcast.com and give me their details. I will, uh, I'll make contact because that's a fantastic topic and one that is very meaningful to me personally and one I am really keen to do. Perfect. So, Chris, well done, champ. Uh, that shit is happening. Question. I'm now five weeks in to my uh, program. There's been a noticeable change in my sleep patterns. I've traditionally been around a nine-hour kind of guy, if the kids let me sleep, that is. But this has changed to around about six hours. Not for lack of trying, but uh, it's all my body appears to want. Is this driven by my body changing? Thanks, Chris. Such a great question. What do you think? That's a really great question because everybody is a slightly different when it comes to the amount of sleep they need. I know I definitely need a lot more sleep than Matt does. Um, Matt, how many hours do you usually get? Well, I know for me, if I go less than seven, I'm going to struggle. If I go less than six, I probably wouldn't rely on me to do much during the day. Yeah. So to me, for me, anywhere between seven and eight is really, really good. And I feel really good on that. Where uh, Courtney, you can go for 10 hours. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I, I always have to set an alarm. But it sounds like what Chris is saying, that his body is just naturally sort of waking him up after six. Well, if he feels fine, but I would say this needs more time because mm. I would expect from, from my perspective um, or our perspective as trainers, I've, to me... You give this more time because I think as the quality of workouts go up, as you get stronger, um, as your training improves, you're going to need more and more rest. Mm. So to me, I think I think from my perspective as a trainer, more time required to see where this to goes. Judge it. Yeah, yeah, to see where this goes. Yeah, absolutely. But it definitely could be uh, a result of what you're doing. It could just definitely be a lot of times i've i've seen it you've seen it as well matt where people change the sort of food they're eating and they feel less less lethargic they they feel definitely more awake and more energetic so that could have a some sort of relationship to it too without knowing exactly what food changes have been made well five to six weeks in is a very small sample size yeah very very small um I'm not going to answer the question here, but more time needed. More time needed. Keep an eye on it, Chris, and um, keep us posted. Yeah, so um, good to know that we didn't help there at all. Um, so yeah. good job out of us being fucking useless. Yeah? <laughs> not really. So podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com is where you can send us questions that we won't answer. Great. Fantastic. Awesome. So Great that, show. <laughs> that, that, that's a wrap. Um, following on from our worst episode ever. I'd say we've taken a step in the right direction. I think we have. So we hope this fact of fiction helps. We hope it gives you a little bit more insight into a bit of a grey area in the health and fitness world. Yes. So contact us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com or reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. We love to hear from you. We love your thoughts and feedback. Uh, 
Again, just as a refresher, uh, any grievances, go to Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com. She appreciates all of that. We're going to wrap it up. We will speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.